Championship week is complete, and we know where the Ohio State Buckeyes will be playing their bowl game. They're taking a trip to Pasadena. We'll talk about that with Jeff Hunt as we instantly react to the CFP rankings coming out on Sunday afternoon. Also, we have a man on the show that predicted Quinn Ewers would transfer at the end of his freshman season. We're going to hear about why he predicted that and a whole lot more in this live instant reaction episode. My guy Jeff Hunt's with us here on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast and Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. We are live on a Sunday evening, December the 5th in the year 2021. Instantly reacting to this college football playoff rankings coming out. As you know, when we instantly react, Jeff Hunt from the Off the Ball Network is with us. And not only is Jeff the guy that instantly reacts to us, but when it comes to Quinn Ewers, he predicted something before the season. We talked about it here on the show, but the man is here to talk about why he said what he said. But before we get to any Ewers talk, Jeff Hunt, how you doing, man? I, I uh, pretty good, Jay. Pretty good. I, I want to say <laughs> great, good. I like it. but it, it's, you know, I'm not, I, I don't like to lie to you and your fans. It's been a tumultuous weekend, a lot going on. I love college football. Um, I don't, you know, it, there's been a lot of, um, you know, controversy and things like that, which is good, which is bad, but overall, overall pretty good. And as usual, I'm glad to be here with you to uh, kind of talk it out. This is, again, this is my weekly uh, therapy session with Jay and it does me a lot of good going forward. Weekly therapy session with Jay. <laughs> that has a nice sound to it. I might be able to monetize that thing as well. As the Buckeyes end up not playing it this weekend, we all were wondering where they were going to fall, what bowl game would they play. It was kind of speculated they'll be in the, bowl, in the Rose Bowl. That is where they will be. January 1st, write this down. January 1st, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, your Ohio State Buckeyes will be playing the Utah Utes in Pasadena, California, the granddaddy of them all. I can't wait for that matchup. It's kind of what we expected, Jeff. Ohio State, Utah in the Rose Bowl, or whoever the, won, the, won the Pac-12, it is Utah. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm glad that it's kind of the granddaddy of them all, which is where the Buckeyes will end their, end their season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, growing up, you know, as an Ohio State fan, the Rose Bowl always means something. It, it's changed over the years. It's kind of a funny history with Ohio State because there's been several Rose Bowls that we couldn't go to because we were so good. Um, you know, I remember the 07 season. You know, everybody's, uh, you know, we we take care of the team up north. Everybody's got the roses in their mouth. We want them going to the national championship game uh, and playing LSU. So, like, there's several Rose Bowls over the year that, you know, Ohio State couldn't go to. So, the record's kind of skewed. It means something. It is a great-looking game. Uh, personally, I wish it – the same Rose Bowl was a playoff game. Like, mm -hmm. did it meant a little mm -hmm. more as far as is going forward? I'm not – I think if you told me, again, after the Oregon game, here's how it's going to wind up. You're going to go to the Rose Bowl and play, you know, the Pac-12 champion Utah. I would go – I would consider that a pretty good season. It doesn't feel like that right now. But I know overall that it was a very successful season for the Buckeyes. And let, let's be honest with it. That's – that the you know, that New Year's Eve or that New Year's Day – money is coming in too that is a factor so uh overall 
you know, I'm happy for the Buckeyes, and I hope I hope they want to be there. That that's the most important thing to me. I think most of them, if not all of them, will want to be there. We're not sure if any players will sit out due to preparation for the NFL draft. That is to, that's going to be announced if they will or will not sit out at a later date. One thing I will say is this, Jeff: when it comes to the Pac-12 championship, imagine if Oregon was playing. And Oregon's head coach is literally about to be announced. For a lot of you, you will hear about this on Monday, so it'll be the day of Mario Cristobal being announced as Miami's next head coach. Think about, I mean, we live in a weird world where USC just played a game Saturday night, and Lincoln Riley a week earlier was announced as the as the new head coach at the losing Oklahoma State. You have Brian Kelly leaving his team when they were on the verge or on the brink of going into the playoff. And so you have a lot of weird things going on. Imagine Oregon playing in this game when the coach just left him to go back to a place where he was at previously in his career. College football, buddy, buddy, it's it's crazy. It's wild. We love it, but I think we're becoming crazier because we love college football. Yeah, we've never seen it like this. This is unreal. And I've and I've asked for a lot of this stuff over the years. I believe in players getting, you know, more I won't say I don't want to use the word power, but more say in what they mm-hmm. do and more choices. I'm fine with that. You know, the coaches have always done what they want to do. This is the most extreme year we've ever seen. Like we already talked about Kelly and we talked, you know, we talked about um, you know, Riley going out. And then when the news drops about Crystal Ball, which honestly, like I know that's a different show. Maybe we'll do it on the Jay Stevens podcast. I don't really get the move outside of like, you know, money or I don't know enough about Mario to know what's up with that. But to me, Oregon's a far better job and a far better chance to win an actual national championship than Miami right now. Uh, so that just completely blew me away. It obviously deflated, you know, deflated the Oregon team. Uh, they got housed by Oregon again, which is rare, you know, this rare, this rare uh, to, to play the same team to gate to, uh, Two games against the same team in your conference. It was really weird. So, uh, yeah, it has been – it's been a wild week. And then the, the transfer portal opened up and it's starting to suck all the players in. It, it's been a lot to take in and still try to deal with the uh, the, the playoff four. It's, it, it's, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. I've heard rumors – not rumors, but people wondering if Larry Johnson is going to retire. People wondering if Brian Hartline is going to get pulled somewhere else. People wondering if Kevin Wilson is going to take the head coaching job at Akron. Uh, who else with Tony Alford? Will Tony Alford go with Brian Kelly? He denied Brian Kelly, and then Colorado State opens up. Will Tony Alford go to Colorado State? I mean, this is all the things that are going on in the coaching carousel. The one solid thing is Oklahoma did not, as I heard, go after Ryan Day. I thought that could be a possibility, a little outside of the box. A guy that's come in and done amazing things, a little bit better in recruiting, um, a little bit better with the players um, as far as consistent – well, consistently in the season there's differences between day and urban meyer you would think day going to oklahoma coming after lincoln riley that's a great way for you to keep a recruits oh, yeah that did not happen and that's a luxury for ohio state because you're going to a rose bowl against a utah team that's physical that dominated an oregon team in eight quarters when they played at the end of the season and you have that luxury whatever you think about ryan day ryan day is one of the best coaches or better coaches in college football only in year three as a head coach. These are learning experiences for him. And Jeff, I don't know about you, but I'm excited that Ohio State has a coach at Ohio State that loves them, even after it loves them so much that he is still committed to the team and ready to go and tackle this Utah football team in the Rose Bowl. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. 
Price Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid major players as well. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, I hope so. And I and I tweeted out earlier, you know, that I said that this was a big game for Ryan Day. Like, I understand that, you know, the Rose Bowl win or loss doesn't really matter as much, you know, as a playoff win. But I think it matters how how the team approaches it, how the team is ready for it, their excitement level, you know, how he integrates the 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 uh, the young players, which is really important. You know, everybody that follows college football knows these practices to a bowl game are giant. I mean, they're mm-hmm. essentially like an extra spring, you know, for these young guys and stuff. So I really want to see how, and, and he's proven every, you know, both years, the, you know, how well his teams do coming off this time, like both playoff games, you know, days teams have looked better, you know, coming into that, which is a great sign for him. You know, it's awesome. So I'm, you know, I'm gl- I hope days committed. I hope he wants to stay. I really think we, uh, I'd like to keep Heartline. Just because I just like, I, first of all, I like how good of a coach he is, and second of all, I just it's just it just feels right. Um, you know what? I, what I would love to see, I think the, you know, instead of worrying, I know we need the defensive side. That's a different question, um, but I would love to see a great when the offensive line. That that's where we're getting all this talent, and it feels like it's it's not getting developed quite right. We talk about the linebackers, but I think the offensive line, like. There is a lot left on the table there to where I would like to see a guy come in and, you know, and do some things with it and get them moving around a little bit more, get them more active uh, and do some things with them. And I think that could that could take this team to the next level. It's It's been exciting. I mean, we're all worried about who's leaving. We're all worried about who's who's coming in. Uh, Heartline's a hot commodity. You know, he's got all the NFL ties. And anybody that's got NFL ties is always scary because they've got they've got guys all around the country you know, texting them, you know, pulling them in, you know, they've been in these locker rooms, you know, that's how Mike Vrabel winds up coaching the Tennessee Titans, yeah. you know, and not at Ohio state, things like that. So it's a, uh, it's pretty fascinating what's going on right now. And as far as we know right now, you know, just to touch on it, it sounds like uh, Venables is going to go to Oklahoma mm-hmm. and, and coach Oklahoma. So that, that's a big step. I don't think it's the right move for Oklahoma or him, but I'm not saying he shouldn't take it, but that's also, again, that's a different show, but um, it, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. What, what all this is happening in is December. I, I just I can't kind of wrap my head around. This is always like after January first type of news. 
Jeff, it's not only December and there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. It's also December, Jeff, and we have this transfer portal that is open. Before the season, I'm going to go through this very quickly, kind of an update on what some things that have happened in the transfer portal for Ohio State. Before the season, offensive tackle Ryan Jacoby entered the transfer portal. Uh, the date I have is August the 9th, transfer to Pitt. Um, you had Dallas Gantt enter the portal September 22nd. You also had Kayvon Pope. We're going to talk about both of them at the end of the show, a little tidbit about the defense that we're going to talk about here on the show. The, uh, Kayvon Pope entered the portal on September the 27th. Neither of them have gone anywhere or committed to another, another school. Amir Reap has some legal issues. Safety entered the portal officially on November 28th, the same day that Jack Miller III entered the transfer portal quarterback. You also had Craig Young. I'm skipping one person on purpose. You also had Craig Young, safety. We were, I, I thought linebacker, I thought safety. I had no idea what was going, what was going on with those bullet positions this year. <laughs> Craig Young entered the portal on December the 4th. But the one that got everybody talking, and I'm gonna add, I'm gonna word it like that on purpose because he's he's had a lot of people talking about things that have not happened on the field just yet. Quinn Ewers the highest rated recruit in Ohio State history. You all know what Jay says. Stars don't mean anything once you're on the field. And that goes the same way with, with Quinn Ewers. Highly touted, a guy that has potential, what, has signed deals to get paid. I think it was three $1 million contract NIL deals that he has signed. He himself has also entered the transfer portal December the 3rd. Now notice, he has now left two football teams in four months. South Lake Carroll High School down there in Texas. He left them in August to join Ohio State. And now he is leaving the Ohio State Buckeyes on December the 3rd to go play football somewhere else as it was reported on Sunday afternoon. He is down in Lubbock visiting Texas Tech. I believe Texas Tech, Texas, and then Texas A&M are his three choices about where he wants to go. And I'm going to sh shut up. There's a guy here with me. I think at the beginning of the show, I pointed to my right on the screen. Jeff's to my left. So let's go this way. Jeff right there to my left on the screen. That Well, whatever it is, me pointing to the screen, it's my left. Maybe viewing it a different way. Jeff on here, and Jeff predicted something that Quinn Ewers is doing right now. He said it to me before the season. We talked about it on Locked on Buckeyes before the season started. But what was talked about, speculated, what Jeff said, Jeff Hunt, it actually happened. Yeah, yeah, and and I said this, and I I could I was probably the least surprised you know person you know in in the Buckeye universe when this happened. I'm like, yeah, of course, you know he's transferring. You know, I said it. It was funny. It was one of these days where as soon as like it announced and started you know coming you know across Twitter and everything, my texts start going off, my messages start going off. Like Jeff tried to tell us, yeah, Jeff, did you see this and all this? And I was still at least surprised. Like I said it before the season, you know, yours was was uh he'd already committed to Ohio State which you know never felt right but I'm like whatever you know he's he's highly touted we'll see how the senior season goes he's committed to Ohio State that's great you know you never you never don't want talent and then he all of a sudden he, the NIL deal comes through the NIL decision comes through in the middle of the summer and then he needs to get out of high school because his dad's like no if my kid can't make money we're out we're not playing high school football again the personal decisions that was on them but I was always like, well, yeah, he just happened to be committed to Ohio State when that happened. And the fastest way out, you know, was to leave and go to Ohio State. And, you know, it was a situation to where at that point it's hard to, you know, it's hard to remember. But we didn't know even who was going to be the quarterback between, mm -hmm. you know, Stroud and Miller and McCord and all these things. So 
you know, all that was going on. There was no way that he was going to be able to leave and, and change the transfer and everything and make it to a Texas team. He would have been stuck in high school. So basically he had to go to Ohio state to start this process. And that's what I kept saying. This is all, this was all just about you were starting the process. Like let's get these three years out of the way. He truly believes it's obvious that he's an NFL prodigy. That's where he belongs. That's his next step. The fact that you say he's visiting Texas Tech tells you how much he, how much championships and and competition and all that mean. Again, that's fine. I'm not here to disparage the kid. I'm not. You know, Mahomes went to Texas Tech. He's doing pretty good in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. But that was always my point. Is it 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 felt disingenuous at the time as like, how fast can I get out of here? And and I said it, there's quotes all over. You can go back, please go back and listen to Jay's podcast, listen to my podcast. It's, it's me over, over time saying, I don't, I'm not even worried about the Ewers thing. Stroud's going to be the guy he's going to transfer. And he's going to be playing for Texas. Now I actually did say the Longhorns. I think Texas A&M is probably the best spot for him. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I don't know. You slide into the big 12, you're going to, you're probably going to throw 50 touchdowns for the next two years and go to the NFL. So that might be the best you know place for him. All of his uh, NIL money is coming out of the state of Texas. Like it feels like he belongs to them. It looks, he looks like he belongs to them through the season. He never, he never dug into Buckeye nation. Like I don't, I don't, we never grew attached to him. He never became a part of the everything. And a lot of freshmen don't everybody's, you know, said like he never even lost his black stripe, which, you know, obviously if you're listening to this show, you're an high state fan, you know what that means. But if, you know, if you're not an high state fan, that's kind of a big deal, you know? So it's just, just all those little things. It was like, it, he was just like treading water and it never mattered. It didn't affect the team. He never became like, he never loomed in the shadows of like, Oh, you know, like he was, he didn't affect Stroud. Like Stroud was never affected by yours being there. And that's one of those things that worried me. I'm like, if you're telling me this is the best quarterback, you know, prospect we've seen in, maybe Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck, they throw out there, all these guys. I'm like, why does nobody care? Because, you know, Jay, you said it before the show, you show up to campus. Oh, okay. Now all of a sudden you're playing with guys who have done the work, you know, who have been there, who have, who have put in the extra practices, who have put up with the media, who have, who've done all these things. They no longer care, you know, what your, what your ranking was. Um, You know, I go back to it, you know, Troy Smith, the last scholarship, you know, given out in O2. And he, you know, becomes a Heisman Trophy winner, has one of the best, you know, a couple of the best seasons ever at Ohio State, gets a shot in the NFL. You know, and this is a kid that should have, you know, didn't deserve a chance. So, like, you can get quarterbacks from other places than, you know, rivals.com or whatever it is, is, is what I'm saying. So, I'm the least surprised by anybody in the country that yours is leaving. I don't wish the kid bad. I will say that. Like, once you leave Ohio State, like, okay, we're, we're done. We got we to talk about our players. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to follow him for the next three years. I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter. Like I, I hope he's healthy. I hope he has a great family life and his future is bright, but he was, he just, to me, I think the, the overwhelming story, and it'll be kind of like the Tate Martell story. It never felt like he was a Buckeye. There was, there's just something missing there. There was a disconnect and um, you know, it was just, I think it's just going to be a footnote in his career. Bet Online has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march 
to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on L O C K E D O N and it's all one word to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. If you haven't tried a built bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A built bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you just swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, low-sugar, and high-end protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut and raspberry and mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and even cherry bar seed. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15. L O C K E D 15. And it's all one word, and you will get 15% off your next order. Once again, go to built.com and use that friendly promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. When it comes to Quinn Ewers, I am a person that, as you know, and I say it on the on the show all the time, I want to see what you're going to do at the next level. When it comes to the NBA, guys, guys coming from high school, the old school, high school to the NBA, skipping college, I want to see what you're going to do at the next level. Some people, they'll predict and say, so-and-so will be X, so-and-so will be Y or Z. Me, myself, and I, I want to see what you're going to do at the next level. I can look at you physically and I can watch some of your film and say, well, I can I can speculate what you might do. I won't solidify and definitively say you're going to a lot of times I'm just going to wait and see. When it comes to Quinn Ewers, two things come up, pop off the field to me, I'll pop off of the screen when I watch him play. These are mainly seven on seven highlights or workout drills and shorts yeah. and t-shirt, no shoulder pads, no helmet, no defense coming at him because everybody wants to throw out there. Oh, he did this at this camp. He did that at that camp. What does he do on third and eight on his own 32? Like Those are the things that I care about. And so when it comes to Quinn Ewers, I've always seen him in T-shirts and shorts. His mechanics are trash. I don't care. I don't care. You, you try to tell me this guy's throwing – his mechanics are not good. But then also, he looks small. But, Jeff, he's a high school senior. He's expected right. to look small. And I heard that it's – this is coming from somebody from Letterman Row, Jeremy Birmingham, that Quinn Ewers wanted a commitment from Ohio State – for him to start and he would stay. Bro, you're a high school senior. You're not supposed to be there. You have guys that are behind that are ahead of you that are that have been putting the work in. The only reason he got on the field this year 
is because Jack Miller got suspended. So he was yeah. the emergency quarterback. And I think Ryan Day wanted the guy to get on the field to at least say he could, he got on the field his freshman year. Like, that's a badge of honor. Hey, I'm, I'm really a high school senior, but I got to play for Ohio State. Like, that's those are things that you walk around and say, yes. In the back of my mind, I have a thought. This is another Tate Martell. I don't want to say yes. I'm, I can't say yes or no. But I'm afraid. Now, I think that yours is a better passer of the football than Tate Martell. Uh, I think Martell is more of an athlete, which is why he would have been good under Urban, Urban Meyer's system if mm-hmm. he would have stuck it out. But I wonder with Quinn Ewers if he's going to be a guy that thinks he's so good he needs to play right away. And by not playing right away, he hops around because he can go to another school. Like this does not have to be his only transfer. Martell's on his third school, I believe third or fourth. I know it's been a while. He had to sit out a year if he transfers again. Only reason I wonder if this is if Quinn Ewers is, a, is another Tate Martell is because we haven't seen him in college. We haven't yeah. seen him on the field. We have not seen that. So people keep saying, well, he's this, he's this five-star, rated this, rated that. Tell me what he's done in practice. If you tell me he's gotten limited reps, we don't know nothing about what this kid's going to do on the football field. All we know about him is his dad advised him to make some money moves during his high school senior year. That's what he did. Now, making that money move, that would have been a good thing if he was there to wait out battle, compete, and play. What has he done? He left after four months, leaving two teams in four months. That's one thing that sticks out in my mind about Quinn Ewers. He can also go out there in a couple of years. I don't think he's going to start next year and ball out. And hey, great. You left it, made a right move. It was for you. So be it. But what? Well, he has not competed for a spot. I know I heard he was possibly homesick and I get it. One thing I caution everybody. I don't know how Jeff feels about this, but one thing I caution every person when it comes to leaving your high school senior year. To go somewhere else, maybe basketball for a prep school. Nowadays, guys are leaving high school early to go to college. Be careful because those are memories. Those are moments you will not get back with your senior year of high school. And so Quinn Ewers, if it's true that he was homesick, he probably saw his boys down there in Texas, bought the Winter State Championship. He was going to be the starting quarterback of that team, but he left yep. early. He, he might get an invite to prom. But he won't be there with his boys with the buildup leading up to prom because he's in college now. There are so many memories. There are so many moments that people miss out on. Yes, money is great. But those you're your father, Jeff. I mean, you you have kids. There are memories and moments that money can't buy. And missing out on that senior year to me was a bit was a big negative. Making money moves is great. I hope I hope he's on the right track. I hope the best for him. But I don't think that he honestly made the wisest decision in August to come to Ohio State early. And you brought that up, Jay. I remember you saying that on the show. You said those exact words before it happened, though. Like, you were ahead of it saying that, you know, I know you think it's one way, but – and especially if you – you know, I'm not saying don't go make money. Like, again, I'm never telling anybody that. But especially if you know or think you're going to the NFL, you're getting that money back, your signing bonus. Like, you're getting (laughs) it back day one in the NFL. Yes, sir. So you could have – you don't have to make that choice. You know what I mean? If you're that highly rated of a quarterback, it almost feels like um, 
I don't remember which ball brother it was. You know, they pull him out of high school, and he's like, he's not going to play high the school. The youngest one. The one that's yeah, on the they, Hornets now. Yeah, that, it kind of feels like that situation, which I understand it worked out, but that's kind of what it feels like is, you know, it, it became all business decision. And I think that – I just don't think it was fun for him. You know, I don't, I don't believe that – because here's the thing about Ohio State. We have high expectations, and it, once Stroud started playing good, nobody cared anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, you know, after Minnesota, after Tulsa, yes, after Oregon, people were like, hey, maybe it's – then once things started rolling, it was Quinn who. You know, you know what I mean? So, and, and nothing against him, but that's just how we are. Like, we we're, we're, we want to win in the now. We recognize what we got. If yours was good enough to start, we would have embraced him and encouraged him on, you know, but he wasn't. So, it just, it's just, um, you know, everything might work out for him, but it's just, a, it's just you know, he might be a uh, – it, it just got caught up in the wheels that, you know, I always say it, he just got caught up in the wheels on the machine. You know, he's, he's got the money in the bank. I hope it works out and, and all that, but, um, good for CJ Stroud. Uh, that's what I said. Like, you know, he had this guy coming in and let's not forget. I think this is a big, a big thing. Like me and you talked about how we, we love Ohio state fans. We do, but we also, we're not all the same. And this was a big one. Let's not forget that when Stroud came in, he wasn't a walk on. This is also a, uh, him. You know, he came in highly, super highly rated kid. One of the best in the, you know, best in the, you know, the country, you know, the elite 11, all the stuff, you know, picking up where fields left off. McCord came in as one of the, another five star. So, you know, it's not like, you know, everybody's acting like it's the end of the world. It's like, no, that that's why you build these quarterback rooms up. You know, Alabama's had the same issues over the year. You know, Hurts left. You know, you know, they had the Tua situation. You know, all these things. So it's like, that's just a product of being one of these big super teams, you know, that we have. Uh, the Ewers thing's going to be weird. I mean, high State fans will never stop following it. They still haven't let go of Burrow. Like, it just... That's just how we are. We're passionate. some haven't let go of Tate Martell. Tate Martell. There's another one that that and it's they dig in and they they thing, but it just um, it didn't work. That's all it is. It didn't work for either side. Um, I appreciate Ryan Day not catering to the young man because I'm sure there I'm sure he had a choice there to make at some point during the season of like let me try and keep this guy and maybe sacrifice a couple touchdowns, but then all of a sudden. You know, this team, I think, really likes C.J. Stroud. Like, this team looks like they're behind C.J. Stroud, just the way, like, Wilson, Alave, and those guys, like, interact with him. So then all of a sudden, now you're like, okay, let's take this risk because I want an extra year of viewers, you know. And But Day didn't do that. So credit to Ryan Day for not sacrificing, you know, you know what could, we might have C- – I tell you what, I would be – I would be a lot. I would be a sad guy if CJ Stroud was in the transfer portal right now. Let's just put it that way. As an Ohio yeah. State fan, I, I would be too. You know how comical it is. We're spending so much time talking about a guy that only played two two snaps. <laughs> I mean, I'm not this trying is, to like that. Like it's it's his. It's life. a story I mean, it's, though. It, it is. It's a, a big story. It, it was a big story, and in it. It's it's never we're always going to be judged against it. Ryan Day will always be judged against it. If yours is great, he's going to be judged against it. If he's bad, he's going to be judged for it's. You know, it's just gonna. It's never going to go away. You know, I remember when Martell went to Miami. It was like, oh, if he's great and Justin Fields is bad, like these are decisions these guys have to make. But but what I'm saying is, they're the ones that are there in the building. They're the ones that are working with them. Um, you know, he's got to go. You got to move on. 
uh, Ryan Day seems like a move on kind of guy. Like, you know, we got to, we got to work with who's in the building. You're going to talk about here in a minute, how we don't know if that's right or wrong in every case. But the fact of the matter is it's like, okay, you're gone. Like I'm working with who's in the building. That's that NFL mentality that may or may not come back to bite you sometimes as a coach. Yeah, and I say it's comical because that's what, what we do in sports. Like, we talk about things that don't happen on the field because they're stories. And this is a story that oh, yeah. I've even seen people that work for bigger net, that work for other networks that have been talking about this very thing as well on their shows, on Twitter. It's going to happen. It's just what we do as sports fans. You know what else we do as sports fans, Jeff? Criticize <laughs> things that happen during the season, like two of the linebackers I mentioned previously, and Dallas Gant and Kayvon Pope entering the transfer portal at the middle of the season. I remember this this week. I remember me talking about it. I, I got on Kayvon Pope for the way that he exited the team, for the thing that he tweeted on Twitter, put, tweeted out, for his the way his antics and animation on the sidelines before being escorted off the field by a staffer of Ohio State. But maybe, just maybe, that was a sign of internal issue with issues with the defense that people did not want to pinpoint. I have always been ultra critical of people in the YouTube comments have said, Jay, you're wrong. We're now after game number 12. Buckeyes did not play in the Big Ten Championship. And we have seen, I think we have seen a byproduct of playing so many guys that down the stretch of the season, you don't know who, one, you don't, they don't know who should play. And then number, well, they, do, they know who should play. They're, they're just playing so many guys still. But then two, I think also the stamina of the players was not up to par because you would think Ohio State players, they're not going to be gassed in the middle of the third quarter. But, Jeff, the Ohio State looked tired in the middle of the third yeah. quarter against the Michigan Wolverines. Were they, I'm going to ask you this question before I give any comment. I'd like to give honor to my guest. <laughs> Jeff, do you think there were issues or signs of issues internally with the defense when these two guys entered the portal or even going back to the beginning of the season once the football started started to be played? No, no, I do. I do. And I remember when it happened. And I'm not saying that I, you know, that I think that that they went about it the right way. I think they there could have been something different about it. At that time, I gave credit to Ryan Day for like, no, you got to like, yes. just what I said Same. about Day. Like, you have to be like, no, we can't cater to individuals and all that. And it was easier then because if I remember correct, that was during like, I don't know, High State's up 30 points at halftime or something ridiculous. Was it the Akron game or it wasn't? Maybe it in, may have been Akron. That was a weird I, Knights game. I it, think it, it was, was just it was yes. Akron Rutgers, the, one of those two. Yes, it was the ad night. At, you know, and things were starting to roll, so we felt good. And it was like, ah, oh, if you want to go, go. We're fine. Well, you know, I think in retrospect, we get to the end of the year, we're like, no, we could have used another linebacker. And the one thing that always got me again, I'm not second guessing Ryan Day because you have a hundred some kids on the team. Mm -hmm. You are trying to keep things rolling. But uh, the was it was it Pope or Gant that apologized? I think it was Pope that actually Pope publicly. Was, I think it was Pope because he was the one that that left the field. Um, yes, yes. So I think it was Pope. He Gant publicly, left quietly. Gant just left, he left on a that Wednesday, was a weird one. He left quietly, and then yeah. Pope was a few days later. That was a that was a weird one, and you know, and who knows who knows the backstory to that? I don't even want to. But I know that Pope like apologized and was like, I didn't handle that right. Like it, it just everything got the best of him. And that was one of those to where I'm like, mm, maybe we find a way to give this kid, you know, like to, to cut some slack. And and I don't know what's behind the scenes like Ryan Day. That might have been the final straw. We don't know if it's he gave, you know, if he gives the coordinators like you have the decision, you tell me whether he's playing or not. I don't care. I have no idea how hands on Ryan Day is with. The, I know if it was Urban Meyer, like he would be aware of the situation like he was 
you know, he knew every kid's name and all those things. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but that's how they ran a program. That was the one that I was always like, are we sure? We sure we don't need him, you know, going through that. Did the kid make a mistake or not? We'll never know. Um, you know, unless, you know, maybe you'll get him on the show. Maybe we'll talk to you know him someday, but we'll never know exactly what went down. But, and then, you know, that this is coming off of, uh, you know, um, replacing Coombs as a coordinator and all these things after the Oregon loss. So all this stuff is going on with the defense. And then I think like looking back after, you know, especially after the last few weeks of football, we realized that the defense still had the problems and still had the same issues and probably could have used especially linebackers and all that. So I, I think it's fair to raise the question of what was going on that night and what was their side of the story. It's very weird. I've never seen a season with the ups and downs like this last year had ups and downs, but it was also the COVID and it was more so cancellations, not players leaving the brotherhood of Ohio state. I have never questioned, but I have questioned some decisions that this particular coaching staff has made this season. And I think that portion there where you see Gant leave quietly and then you see Pope leave in 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 an animated way to me, that was one, the wrong way to leave a team. Like that was so weird to see, but also, two, you're in the heat of the battle. You're mad because you got waved off the field. You thought you were going to get on for a sub package. Maybe you think or maybe you know you're a better better linebacker than guys that are on the field. We don't know that because we've never seen him on the field because the coaches have never allowed him to get a significant run that way. For all that has been said, I want to go this, this step further. I think that this defense had issues all year long. Even if those guys, even if those players never left, never entered the transfer portal, maybe they waited until the end of the season, the defense had issues. And I do think that, so, and it's all coaching decisions. Like, coaches make decisions, positive, neutral, negative. I mean, they're going to have a positive or negative effect. Sometimes they're neutral, but the coaching decisions that are made will have an effect on the team. And I think some decisions that they made in the Minnesota game and then kept making down the road. You were going to have somebody that had been there for three or four years, waited their turn, yeah. eventually be upset, be mad, be like, what are you guys doing? I need – I not that I need to play. I'm better than him. And it's yeah. not just that I'm saying this. I've been on a team where a coach has made a weird decision. And inside the locker room, we don't know what goes on in that locker room. I'm going to take you inside the locker room of my high school football team. Inside the locker room, my senior season – there were players inside the locker room that were saying, so-and-so needs to be on the field. So-and-so needs to be on the field. I remember during a game, the starting defensive tackle was walking by one of the coaches saying, put so-and-so – now he was saying his name. I'm keeping names out of this for privacy's sake. He was saying, put so-and-so on the field. The coaches didn't do it. And so I do know it's a fine line between coaching decision, what players say, because sometimes players are saying favoritism. Sometimes players are saying the right thing. The coaches made some weird decisions. I wonder if they altered and if they shortened down the rotation, if things would have been the same way for these guys leaving the team during the middle of the season. We'll never know. But I do believe there were signs of internal issues with this defense in the middle of the year. And it's weird to think the Ohio State defense could have been better if different decisions were made earlier in the year. Even if they even if they made the Coombs and Barnes D coordinator change, whatever, even if that was still made, if you make different decisions prior to the season starting and then going through the season with those same decisions, if they're right, I think this defense could have been better. That's how weird the season is. 
and, and this is two years in a row, Jay. Like we talked about it last year. Like we thought, you know, I know you know that Hilliard should have played more. And, and th- oh, I don't, don't think get me started on that, buddy. Don't do that's, that's, oh so God. I'm saying, but this is the second year in a row. You know, it all it all falls on the head coach. Like regardless, like you're the guy in charge. These are these are question marks that I have going forward about Ryan Day. Because let's remember, he's not just. You know, this just was this wasn't just his third year at Ohio State. This is his third year period as Correct. a head head football coach. And he's at the you know, I don't know, we'll we'll say a top three program probably in the country. So these are legitimate questions that have to be asked. And are you are you ensuring that your best athletes are in the best position to make plays, you know, on the field? So the the, the uh, we don't know the answers and we never will about that situation. So is that is that good? Was that the right situation? Like if we go and talk to all the players who are like, Oh yeah, that guy had to go like no fit, blah, blah, blah. He was a problem. Or are they all like, no, we were never on board. Is that part of the problem with the defense? Because also like I know players that play and knew they weren't good enough. And that was a problem. You know what I mean? Like we're talking to uh, remember the Titan situation to where like, you got to go to your coach and be like, man, I appreciate you having me in, but I'm not as good as that guy, which is, you know, kind of what we had last year. So it's uh, the question marks on defense are really endless. And I, we don't, as of now, we have zero answers. Um, you know, we definitely have more questions. Than we have answers right now. And it's a, uh, it's a little scary, but um, you know, you gotta, you gotta trust in this, everything and hope that it works out right. Because these, these gentlemen are getting paid enormous amount of dollars to figure these things out. Guys, I'm going to do a little teaser. Not going to do this with Jeff now. Might do it down the road. Jeff has been um, very helpful during our instant reaction shows. And I want to appreciate publicly, I'll say this, appreciate Jeff coming on the podcast. Um, and whichever way you're viewing this right now, maybe Twitter live, YouTube live, or YouTube, or the audio version after the fact. Uh, we will talk more about defensive solutions down the road. There's one that I have. I'm, we're not diving into it right now. We'll do it later on. Is Steel Chambers better at linebacker or the bullet? Come back oh. next week to talk about that. Jeff Hunt, no answers right now. If you could tell the good people where they can meet you on Twitter and also where they can uh, talk about meet. Well, I can't talk now. Um, dive into all the good stuff the Off the Ball Network is doing. Yeah, again, you can find me at Jayhunt, you know, 006 on Twitter if you're not watching. You can find me at Jeff Needs Sports. I do a lot of different stuff. Uh, the crazy stuff's going to come up as the football season's winding down. We kind of, you know, transfer over to different stuff. And then, of course, go to authballnetwork.com. There's a lot of great guys on there putting out a lot of great content and a ton of shows. You know, as basketball season's heating up, you know, you're going to love some of that. So, again, I appreciate Jay and Locked on Buckeyes for having me on. I can't believe that the reaction, you know, shows are over already if i told jay earlier it flew by like a bullet train man but i appreciate everything you've done for me and uh again thanks for the therapy sessions man this has been great <laughs> therapy sessions with jay might have to monetize that <laughs> thing guys you can follow me on twitter at jay steven 7 we'll be with you all week long those of you that are watching live the buckeyes have a basketball game in 30 minutes on a sunday night at 7 30 it's I'm, I'm excited to watch your first conference game of the season so i'm excited to watch that thing here but as i mentioned earlier Still Chambers, better at linebacker or the bullet? We'll talk about that next week and a whole lot more, both basketball, football, all week long. You don't want to miss it.